Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Hey, here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we build you so you can build others. We do that through our training, our speaking events, and our coaching, but we also do that with our special guest. I'm grateful today to have John Geese on the podcast. John has over two decades of experience in the corporate sales world prior to moving into coaching. He's coached internationally around sales, sales leadership, and presentation skills. His primary focus is helping emerging leaders communicate for the bottom line. There is a psychology structure and cadence to leadership communication, and that is effective. This came from learning he had, um, learning he has had with good and bad communication. So he's like me; he's learned from uh, the negative things as well as the positive things. So, John, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, it's great to have you today, and and we're going to kick this off the way we start all our podcast off. We're going to ask you. What does leadership and being a leader mean to John Geese? Gosh, you know, it, that's the perennial question, right? It's the one we all study and try to find. For me, it's being able to inspire people to achieve a result. And that entails visioning. It entails accountability, both accountability from your team and to your team. And it's a little bit of steering and also letting the team steer from time to time. It's a... Uh, perhaps a dance more than a firm cast in stone concept. That That's great. And I love the idea you talk about, you know, letting them drive it. You know, it's too often there that people say leadership is just turning it over to them. And and you do have to guide and steer. If you're going to be a leader, you, you can't just assume everything's going perfect and leave everyone alone. You do have to have some influence. And that, I think that's about leadership. One of the things you said here in your application is lead ourselves first. I hear that a lot but I don't see it done as much as I see it written. So I think we can <laughs> all improve upon that. Yeah. You said here, the one thing in your application I like was it's, it is cheerleading and it is directive. So tell us a little bit about the cheerleading aspect of being a leader. So I don't know what your experience is, but for a lot of people, we want, in fact, that there was, I read it today somewhere, 85% of us have low self-esteem. We feel bad about ourselves. But if we want to perform at our best, we have to feel good about what we're doing. We have to be confident. We have to be excited. And so sometimes it's just cheerleading your team to say, you've got this. You're doing a great job. Remember when you did this, you can apply this here. You know, I think back to a period in my life where I went through three transfers in three years and I was selling a pretty complex product. So I was having three years of not selling a lot. And uh, my boss showed faith in me yet again. And that led me to become a multi-million dollar producer for the company. So sometimes it's just cheerleading and transferring your faith so that they believe in themselves. That is wonderful, John. And I doubt you've heard this, but some of the listeners have been listening a long time will know. I started the Build Your Success podcast because I want to build people. And when I first started in the construction industry over 26 years ago, a lot of the leaders and supervisors would, would brag about, I tore him up one side and down the other. And so if you think about that, now you've put this employee that's tore down back out there and you expect them to do a good job. And to your point about the cheerleading and in coaching and encouraging, I would much rather build someone up than tear them down. And I think we're going to have better employees that way. 
Brian, when you tear them down, there's a chemical thing that happens in the brain. You know, so this is what's so fascinating to me. You know, for a long time in communications, it was, well, we got a vibe. Well, vibes are, I, I'm a vibey guy. I like vibes, but not everybody can relate to vibes. But now we understand there's a chemistry going on. Just looking at the word no, I have a, in my presentation, I just show people the word no and ask them how they're feeling. And they're upset, they're disappointed, they're frustrated, they're feeling a little bit aggressive. It's because cortisol and adrenaline has been released. And our brain literally shuts down. It goes into fight or flight mode. If we want to inspire people and we want the best out of them, we need to turn on the dopamine and serotonin. We need to show them that we care. We need to be their cheerleader because then the brain expands and we're creative and we're collaborative. We're in the executive center of our brain versus the lizard center of our brain. That is awesome. And the story you shared with us about this employer that allowed you to go a year without any sales and then you became, or th maybe it was three years, you said, however long it was. Yeah. It just was the patience, but he, this person recognized your potential and encouraged you and, and then later on experienced those results. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like I didn't sell anything. It just wasn't hitting the, 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 the quota. And, you know, three years without quota is tough. But the transfers, I think, were serving some other kind of, um, I think the word today is optics. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting how we move through the world. It is. It is. The, the last thing you said in your application about a, a, a team, uh, excuse me, leadership and being a leader is without a team, there is no leader. I think that's a great way to, to round up this leadership conversation. So unpack that for us. Well, I might. Hmm. So we all we all lead ourselves, right? We, we have to get up and we have to decide where we're going to go. It's kind of like an attitude. We decide which attitude we're going to put on during the day. But it's like I know so many people that call themselves visionary thinkers or thought leaders or trusted advisors. But calling yourself a trusted advisor is kind of ingenuous. You know, I can call you a trusted advisor. I can't call myself that. You know, it's it's we... Unless we have people that are following us, we're really not leading. You know, we're not, the team is not doing stuff. And so to say I'm a visionary leader with nobody following you is kind of disingenuous. So I think being a leader is first leading yourself by deciding how you're going to show up. And then it's, is your team going in the direction that you're leading? And we've all experienced people that are leaders where the team is not going where they want them to go. Yeah. You know, I've had a small way to summarize that recently. I, I thought I can choose to lead, but I can't choose to be a leader because huh. others have to choose that I'm a leader, I would, but, but I, would I can agree with make that. a choice to lead and, and, and become a leader. So that's, that's great. Hey, for, for the listeners and, and those that, that are listening to this podcast, if you ever want to be a guest or recommend a guest to this show, go to buildcs.net, go to our application page and fill out the application. That's that's where we're getting this information from to, to interview John. But John, in this application, you said something that I resonate with. Unfortunately, uh, I, you said, I woke up when I threw a telephone across the room and lost my promotion and my raise. Man, I, I'm, I hate to say I'm guilty of throwing my phone as well and impatient. So um, let us know, you know, how this happened. And, and it sounds like it was a transition for you. Yeah, I was in my 30s and I had um, been recruited to go to Texas to, you know, earn my chops in this one role. And then I was going to be a leader for a part of Texas. 
And my largest client needed something to happen. And so I asked our customer service team to do it. And she said, we'll call her Janice. She said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time. I proceeded to tell her what I thought of her, what I thought of her job, what I thought she should do with her job. And then I threw the phone across the room. And about two hours later, and oh, by the way, it wasn't one of these little bitty mobile phones. It was a 21-line desk phone, which weighs probably four or five pounds for your listeners. A couple hours later, my boss came in and said, what the happened there? And we had the conversation that I wasn't going to get the promotion, um, nor was I going to get the raise. And I was number 10 out of 94 salespeople in the organization. So, it, and why? You don't get along well with others. Okay. Well, so it, growing up, my dad had a temper. You know, the, the folks on TV for dramatic effect always smacked the phone or smacked the desk, made a lot of noise. So that was my model. And I was listening to the radio on the way home and I heard one of those advertisements for human relations courses. So I took the course and learned that the way that I communicated and the way I built relationships with people had an effect. And that I could actually craft that effect if I was a little bit more self-aware and paid attention. And by golly, things changed. Um, so that was kind of what started me on my path of saying communications is kind of key to all of this. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. It sure is, yeah. So, so John, my experience was we had the uh, push to talk Nextel phones back, you know, the, in the day. And of course, they. If I live in a very rural area, you know, way far from town and far from cell towers. And and when I push that button, sometimes it would give me this tone, dude, instead of letting you talk. And man, I got so frustrated with that thing, I chucked it across the room. And, and of course, my wife came and said. Why are you making a fool of yourself? You know, sometimes they, they help us that way. And, and uh, the, it's, it's just crazy how you can be so impatient and, and not realize how that's impacting and affecting others. So for those listening today, just just watch your tone and, and don't be impatient with others and, and, and don't throw objects. That's that's not a good thing to do. Well, and we have to recognize that we're contagious, right? So if I walk in the room and I've had a bad day and I don't adjust my attitude, everybody else in the room is going to have a bad day because they pick up on the um, tone, particularly if you're in the role of the leader, you have this halo around you. And if the halo is glowing, shiny and gold, everybody goes, ah, life is good. If the halo is dark and cloudy, it's like, oh, shucks, what's going to happen? Yeah, I recently uh, read or heard, I don't remember which, but you know how the people say, I don't take crap from anyone. And and the other person responded, then why are you so full of it? <laughs> so, so, you know, it makes you think about like you know, how, you, how, you, how your tone is and, and how you communicate. 
One of the other things you said here, we can manage our communication for impact. And, and we definitely just had a conversation around how not to manage your communication, but, but how do we manage our uh, communication for impact? Great question. And we could spend a day talking about that, if not more. But some of the things are, you know, in fact, I'm just working on a blog post around this. When you, a lot of times leaders show up and they communicate a vision, but they don't stop for a minute to think of where is the audience in relation to that vision? What's going on about this? So let's take a reorganization. It's been announced. There's going to be a reorg. Okay. So the audience is maybe thinking, am I going to have a job? Is my best friend going to still be employed? What's this going to require from me? And leaders trying to drive the conversation for everybody to hook up and align with this big grand vision, but they can't hear it because they're still stuck on what's going to happen to me. And so understanding that the communicator or the leader can come in and say, you may have some concerns around what your role is, what's happening. Here's what I can tell you now. So kind of push down that anxiety, that frustration, that fear, so that now you can clear the path for the message you're trying to send. Yeah, we just had a guest on about understanding expectations, and and that was all around that, it just making it clear what, what, what your expectations are. And I think what you're alluding to there with that situation when you're going to make you know, a, a buyout or takeover acquisition, that, that people understand the, their expectations of, of that, their role in that situation and, and, and how the company is going to proceed forward. That vision, you know, what are the expectations is a great thing to understand there. Well, it can also be a one-to-one. If we're, if we're meeting for the first time, it's the, the, the question to think is where is your audience of whether it's one to many, where are they? What questions they have? Well, if you're a salesperson, for example, what would they like to know about you and your organization before you get into the pitch um, so that they can be open to it. And if you don't answer their questions, if you don't pull that out in advance, it's niggling away at them. So I, I used to always say, here is my agenda. Would you like to add or subtract anything to that before we start? Just so that if they've got something niggling behind them, they can get it said and we cover that. Because if they've got something that they're worried about and we don't address it, probably not going to get the deal. Yeah. And, and like you alluded to, when they're thinking of their problem, they're not hearing anything you're saying because they've got that in on their mind. So great, great idea to, to clarify their problem and, and try to address it or their, maybe it's not a problem, just their issue and, and try to address it. Uh, that That's a great tool there. That leads great into this communication for the bottom line, how communication impacts human and financial performance. So, you know, communication impacts the bottom line. In fact, you said here somewhere that uh, businesses lose billions of dollars a year. So let's have a conversation around how communication really impacts the bottom line. Certainly. So um, just in the pre-conversation, we were talking a little bit about this. Depending on the study you look to, they report $16,000 to $26,000 per employee lost annually due to poor communications. Those are things like miscommunications, misunderstandings, emails that weren't clear, conflict, conflict resolution, um, policies not being clear. Um, and if we're honest, we've all been in the experience where we've looked at something and said, let me rephrase that. 
I've been in the situation where I've received an email and responded in all caps and just let them know exactly what I was thinking about, hit the send button, and then saw the word that I didn't see the first time around and gone, oh, shucks. So really being aware of how we communicate can help us reduce that. If, we, if you look at healthcare, for example, um, in the healthcare industry, 2012, um, we had something, um, I shouldn't have brought this up. We had 450,000 deaths due to medical error, close to that, maybe 480,000. 85% of medical error is due to poor communications. We can do better than that. So it's you know, there, there are real life, you know, communication is a soft skill. And so a lot of people say soft skills don't matter, but there are really hard consequences if we don't master these soft skills. John, uh, I like, because I'm a builder, I like to call them foundational skills. Uh, and foundations are pretty hard. And they're, they're, they are the, the foundation. I mean, they hold everything together. I do want to back up, though. I want our listeners to pay attention to what you did earlier, because it, it's it's very important. You started, and it's a communication tip. So you start off saying all of us, and then you backed up, because that's an absolute, and we got to be careful with those. And you said, well, me. And so you put it back on yourself and you realized maybe not everybody does use caps in their email. In fact, most don't. And so I, I like the way you did that. And I think listeners can take take an example. You set the example that, you know, sometimes we speak in these absolutes. I, I'm teaching a course and I'm, I'm telling people to, you know, try to, if not eliminate, at least reduce the times you use absolute. There's not very many absolutes in life. Uh, for, for me personally, it's math and God, well, God first and then math. <laughs> But but other than that, even science gets gets changed and 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 re researched. It probably hasn't changed. But we just discover more about it. So absolutes, are, we need to be very careful with those. Yeah, I, I, there's a book called Nonviolent Communications. I think is Marv Rosenberg, and he has a phrase that says everybody is at least ten percent right in a conversation. And if we can remember that, there's probably a way for us to start you know, wending our way towards some kind of common ground. I like that thought. I had someone share with me a couple of years ago, and I've been trying to pay attention to it, to always assume positive intent. Right. And to realize someone may be very animated in their delivery. And, and, and you, you, you know, the phone example, you, you were trying to make a point. You were trying to do better through that. You, you, you wanted a better outcome than, than what the outcome was. However, the way you went about it was wrong. But but always think, uh, you know, when that situation happens with someone that you're the leader of, figure out why it happened and then and then figure out how to direct them back to their intent of, of being a, a good salesperson, their intent of being recognized, their, the, the reason they had that. So I, I think that's great. Um, so, so this poor communication you know, you've said it, and I think you may have said it before we started. You can learn from people what to do correctly, but you can also learn what that they've done incorrectly. So if you don't mind, share an example of, of how you can learn from others, especially uh, not to do things the, the, the incorrect way. Well, I, I just gave you a really good example from myself. <laughs> um, but I, so I worked for a client a few years ago who wanted to improve their sales. And so during the diagnostic conversation, it's like, well, what is improvement? Is it $1? Is it 
ten, you know, ten thousand dollars. What would be an improvement? I just wanted to sell more. Okay, that's cool. How much more? I need more. Well, why don't we put a quantifier on that so we can measure that? No, I don't want to put a quantifier on that because if I do and he doesn't hit it, he'll be discouraged. And if he does hit it, he'll quit working. Clearly, this client had a bias, right? But if you can't be accountable, how? if you can't be clear on a goal, if you don't set clear goals, how can you be accountable to them? That client and I did separate it pretty quickly. But it, to me, it was an example of coming in with just, I've already made up my mind and you're here to help me get rid of someone. You're here to reinforce my point of view. If we're engaging with each other, we really should be engaging to try and learn something. Even if we have the agenda of you know, selling a product, engaging a client, uh, moving a team to something, we can have our agenda, but we should also be able to read the room, if you will, to kind of understand, are they getting it? Are they not getting it? Do I need to adjust? So you're a trainer. You've been in a lot of rooms, and you can kind of feel the vibe from the different corners. And if someone's not getting it, you can go over and spend a little bit of time over there, kind of ask a question. You can see the furrowed brow and say, that looks like that's not sinking. So being able to read the room and not just bully your way forward was something I learned in that instance. Yeah, and I love the idea of this clarity. You even said in your application, communicating with clarity is, is important. And and I, I have had the conversation where you say in the in the room training, hit the target. And everybody's like, what target? You know, we, we understand that when we see a bullseye and there's these rings and we're trying to hit the center, the bullseye. But when we just say hit the target and there is no target and that you haven't established and laid out these, this clarification. And I think also back to your earlier point of, of 10% of someone is, is a good, you know, whatever that was. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but if you can ask those clarifying questions to get to that 10% and understand, okay, we do at least agree on this part of, of the conversation. I think that that's great. So clarity, man, is, is something I don't know that us leaders and teachers and trainers can emphasize enough. Well, it's the brain's lazy. We want to take shortcuts. Um, thankfully, I have a wife that reminds me that I often take shortcuts. So I have to, her voice is in my head when I'm writing. She, I'll, I'll say something to her and she'll say, you need to back up and give me the half of that conversation that took place in your head. So as leaders, we really want to sit down and think through what is it that I want? What does it look like? What is it? What? Who's going to be there? How will we know that we're on target to get there or that we're on track to get there? How will we know if we're off track? What questions might they have that would help them understand this so that I can be clear? And then when you speak it, write it, communicate it, you're most of the way there. And if you're open to feedback, you can adjust it. It's kind of like a good conversation. We start down a path about an idea. And I'll share an idea. You're, you will share your thoughts on it. And pretty soon we get calibrated and we're pretty much in line. And I think that's the goal that we want to get. Because if our teams aren't aligned, if we're going in different directions, one division will make a lot of money and the other division won't. All because misalignment of resources, energies, and intentions. John, that is excellent. Listen, we've reached the point of the, the show here. We've got to start wrapping things up. 
I want you to tell the listeners, especially those who listen to the podcast, where they can find out more about you. Those that are watching this on YouTube, I've got his website up. It's John Gies, which is J-O-H-N-G-I-E-S.com. So tell our listeners what they can find at this website and how they can get in contact with you. So I've been writing a blog since 2008, so there's lots of ideas around communications. There's also a white paper there on the three conversations you need for managerial and leadership success. That's the alignment conversation, the accountability conversation, and the growth conversation. And if you have those three conversations with a structure, with a cadence, and with an understanding of some of the principles we talked about today, watch how your teams change. That is excellent. For the listeners, we'll include John's website in the show notes. We appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Do me a favor. Go over to whatever place you're listening to this at. Give us an honest rating and review. Share this podcast with others. I know John's shared some great nuggets with us on clarity and communication and how to be a great leader. So I know you can share this with your friends. They'll enjoy that. Reach out to me at buildcs.net. We have some stuff there, some information and some events. So check that out. You can email me at brianb at buildcs.net, or you can even give me a phone call, 863-800-9658. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.